so easily. You can get out that umbrella and pour water on them to show them, you know. And then that also goes with the you might get a little bit wet because that was my Andrew. But I got wet. So if I obey you, I still might get hurt or I still might. You're right, Andrew. Yeah. All right, so flip over to page eight, and uh, what are you going to do about obedience? And uh, yeah, I, I think this came from growing kids God's way. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, All the way, right away, with a good attitude, cheerfully. I don't no, know. I don't. I don't no. remember where it came from. But anyway, it so it's, it's oh, is it Edwina? Good. So anyway, all the way, right away, with a cheerful attitude. You know, and, and you know, and a lot of the obedience comes from from you. That we're going to do personality types in a little bit. And I am pretty much an otter, you know. You know, rules, I enjoy otters, you know, but otters just want to have fun, you know. And I enjoy, let's go out and do this, let's, let's do this, let's have some fun with this. My dad was a Ph.D. in English and taught at one place for 35 years at junior college. That's just the way he went, you know, but I'm not necessarily my dad, you know. I kind of, I like to have fun, and so putting structure in my life is sometimes hard, it's, and that's one of the challenges I've had to put in lately. And that's one of the things I'm doing with my 18-year-old is I'm realizing the places I didn't put structure in his life. A lot of our car talks are trying to put in the structure that I struggle with. And the whole time I'm like, you realize if you do what I do, you're going to frustrate your wife. I say that a lot. You know, it's like, what, you know, whenever I do this, you know how that makes mom mad? Don't do that. I'm trying to change that. I'm trying not to do that. But recognize what I'm doing. I fight not to do this. Don't do this. And Andrew, our 15-year-old, is more like me. So I can tell him that. And he kind of nods and says, yeah, Dad, that really makes mom mad. I was like, I know. I'm trying not to do that. But anyway, so. but um, Andrew's had to spend a lot more quantity of time with his mama. Yes. Who is not an honor. Yes, that's right. (laughs) But anyway, so doing your part. Set the climate in your home. Who's the boss? Establish authority. If you don't know who's in control of your home, then you're not. And so, uh, you know, and and for single parents, you know, I would say, you know, know, a lot of times that's a hard thing to do because you're trying to do everything. And uh, or if your spouse is gone, they're traveling or whatever, then, you know, if you're having to do this alone, get somebody to come in and help you. You know, get a friend, get a parent to help you establish and just say, hey, how am I doing with this? This is what I think authority is. And open yourself up and they'll say, you really want me to tell you? Yeah. Okay, you're not. You know, they're doing this, they're doing this. So I, I do think parenting can be done in a community. That's one thing I love about community groups is we kind of got to get exposed on that and say, I think it's a great question to ask your community group, how do you think I'm parenting my kids? And then be ready to accept it. America doesn't like that. It's not good neighborhood talk. You know, you don't t- deal with politics, religion, and other people's kids, but that's a great thing to ask your community group. Hey, how am I parenting my 12-year-old? There's a struggle, and then just say, okay, talk to me about it. I think, too, it needs to be said, both with our children as we're training them and in community groups, you also need to not just be corrective. There needs to be encouragement and a pat on the back with your child, with your in your community group as you're helping each other train kids that you need to have both, yeah. and that that will show unconditional love, and that will also grow it. 
as well. So. You know, perspective, you know, you're raising your kids, God's raising you. I mean, just humility. And that's one thing I've really learned is I, there's a lot of things Stephanie does so much better than me. And I, and I, there's, you know, I'm slowly seeing things I do well. And so I'm trying to say, okay, good, I can't do a few things. But I do talk to my kids a lot about that. You know, these are where I'm struggling. So always look at that. Commit to consistency. And uh, that's the, that's where I got onto myself with what I said earlier. You know, don't be lazy in your parenting. You know, be consistent. That's one of the hardest things to do, but that's one of the things that will produce the greatest fruit in your kids. So being consistent, and you know what, and that, that comes back to don't try to do too much. You'll find out three things that you feel like is going to impact that child. You know, you know their heart. You know what their makeup is. Okay, these two or three things are really going to teach them the love of Christ, and they're going to give them the discipline to succeed in life. These are the only two things I'm going to focus on, and just not only. But you know, you know what I'm saying. You know, just find a few things that matter to their heart and be consistent with those things. Know his child's hot spots and the areas that they consistently have trouble with. Those are the questions whenever you're driving home. Hey, how, how you know how did how did it go with Mary today on the on the on the playground, you know? And then if well I did this, ooh, so you had a victory with that. You know, seek out and help them understand where they succeeded, and then you'll know, reaffirm that and say, oh well that that sounds good. How can you do that again tomorrow? Well, we're not going to be in the same place. Well, how could you create that? And so teach them how to start having the habits of success, and that comes from you. Seeing what's going on in their life, because they don't see it as a success, but you recognize it as a success, so help reaffirm that. Um, you know, be able to underlie, uh, identify underlying issues and condense into kid-friendly principles. That's what we've been talking about. There's simple ways to say precepts, godly things, and uh, you know, make it into to, to their to, to their world. Then, you know, what's the difference between defiance and disobedience? You know, there is, you know, I, I think there's childness, child, uh, childishness. Foolishness. And, and yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Childishness. Yeah. yeah. And th- then there's foolishness. So there's just being a fool. And then there's just being child, child, you know, they're young, they're being age appropriate. And, uh, you know, you know, and I would say looking at what fool- foolishness is, you know, a lot of times that's, that's more of a hard issue. You know, a, a child is, you know, if, you know, let's say you've been talking to them about their bicycle and you drive home in the evening and they've been riding their bike all day. They've been having fun. And the bike is sitting out on the uh, on the front yard when you pull up and you're like going, OK, we talked about putting the bike in the garage. You know, so you come in and say, hey, John, I saw that you left your bike out there. Or Caleb, Caleb, I saw that you left your bike out there. Oh, yeah. You know what? Me and me and Tommy were riding, and we were going to go do a little bit more riding, so I didn't put it around because I wasn't done yet. It's like, okay, well, we're about to eat now. I don't think the sun's about down, so you're not going to ride the bike anymore. Yeah, probably not. Well, I think it's time to put the bike up. And tomorrow, why don't you go ahead and put it up? You know, it's 10 more feet away, the garage is. You know, go ahead and put it in the bike in your garage. If you want to, you can pull it out. And then, you know, and then the next day you come back, you still see the bike sitting in the, in the front yard. So obviously they haven't caught that. But sometimes that's because I didn't but educate them. That's when them. it becomes disobedience because yeah. you've already yes. trained them. Yeah, I've already trained them. And sometimes it's because I didn't educate them. Hey, do you know why I tell you not to put the bike in there? 
because they're, you know, they're, they're expecting rain. Rain could rust your bike. Your bike wouldn't be as good. Or people drive by. You know, people have stolen bikes. I've had a bike stolen before. Let me tell you, you know, it's not good. This will be your only bike. So you start giving them the reasons. But then, yeah, if it happens the next day, it becomes disobedience. And sometimes it is still child, childishness. They want to see a show. They're not necessarily trying to spite mom and dad. So you got to kind of figure, the, figure out the difference with that. But... It's Whenever it does become foolishness, yeah, it, it, it's a heart issue. So, uh, you know, that's where, you know, the heart issue, the defiance, the willful disobedience. And uh, so watch out for willful disobedience. You need to call that out. And those are things that you can see. It's not just, you know, you know being child or being lazy, but sometimes lazy. Caleb and Andrew, yeah. like the difference. Sometimes your kids, most of you know this, are going to be different in the way they disobey. And so... What is open defiance is, I tell my sister-in-law, who's now dealing with one like Andrew, that um, that's nice, actually, because you know exactly what needs to be corrected. Because it's right there in front of you, and they're screaming it at you. And when I say that, Andrew did that. That's what Andrew was like. Oh, there was, I have one example that will stick in my mind forever and ever. But um, the boys were preschoolers. Bonnie was an infant. And I just mopped the kitchen floor. And I said, guys... Don't want you coming in here. I've just mopped the kitchen floor, so everybody stay out. And I walked away, and I hear Andrew. And he's standing over the line in the middle of the kitchen. Mom, I'm in the kitchen where you just mopped the floor. <laughs> what are you going to do about that, big woman? <laughs> okay, here I come. So that was pretty easy. Or, you know, nursing one baby, and he walks over and thumps the other one. Mom. I just hit Caleb right there. <laughs> okay, that's easy. I know that you definitely need correction right now. So um, that was easy. Now, that same mopping, the same, same day, exact same day. And I didn't handle Caleb as well. It took us a few times to actually get through this because I didn't recognize it. But I'm standing. I'm not even out of the kitchen. And I realize that I've just given them. What I don't want them to do is come into the kitchen. And all of a sudden, I realize that Caleb, Caleb's talking to me, but he starts talking to me from the other room. And he comes in, and he's talking to me all the way into the kitchen. And now he's standing in front of me, and he's talking to me. But where is he standing? On the floor that I just told him not to stand on. And I didn't recognize it right then. It wasn't until later after I disciplined the one that was obvious. And you wonder where he got the idea, but he doesn't know how to do it. Slyly, and so, <laughs> I, but I had to recognize that from then on. And then I, Caleb, do you remember that I told you not to go in the kitchen? Yeah. But you came in there and you were talking to me. Yeah. So you know he was probably five at the time, five and a half. You know, he knew exactly how to get his way, but it didn't look like that huge open defiance that I was getting from the other kid. Uh, but I will tell you, back to redeeming the time, when we were talking about consistency with kids, and we, you know, we fail on that one. We try, and that's our intention is to be consistent. Andrew, the same open defiant, I thought I was going to pull all my hair out. To this day, Mom, you just told me I could go do whatever. Do you remember you told me I couldn't do that because I didn't get my math done last week? Thank you, Andrew, for keeping me consistent and keeping me honest. And so he's learned that, and his heart is not that openly defiant. He's going to slip. 
He's a sinner and a bigger body than he used to have. But, um, but God has redeemed that little heart. And he's learning to capture it for Christ and to keep his palm consistent and honest on that one, too. So, um, one thing that we, on page, at the end of page nine, that we left off, foolishness, childishness, childishness needs correction and training. Childishness, or that, those mistakes they make being a child, they don't know. You need to train them. Um, sometimes that still requires a disciplinary action, a timeout. But it's a different training. It's a different approach. The foolishness, I wrote, requires correction, but it also goes with the consequence. And that is going to be something. The foolishness is probably going to hurt, whether it's hurting your time with your family, whether it's hurting your social life, or whether it's hurting your bottom, that the foolishness needs to be trained out by correction with consequence. So I wanted to make sure you got that in there. Oh, and on the next one. Okay, um, on page nine, help your children to obey. We've kind of dealt a little bit with this. First um, Corinthians ten thirteen. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And we have used that over and over in our house. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. And we need to help our kids, too. We need to help them to obey. We need to set boundaries and set rules. There should not be an arbitrary, I should have known that. You know, it's the kids need to know what the rules are in your home. Um, God set boundaries for the Israelites. And I will say we've been talking about the why, and the why is very important. But we've always told our children this is not a democracy here in our house. And so you are going to know the reason why. And I do want to dialogue on this with you. Of course, I don't use those words with Luke, but um, but I'm still in charge, and so you're still required to obey me. But let's discuss it. Um, I want to know your heart on this, and I might not change my mind, but I still want to know your heart, and then we'll discuss why I've chosen this. But God didn't always tell the Israelites. Do you know that circumcision was on the eighth day because God knew that babies' bodies don't start coagulating their blood correctly until that day? Or till the seventh day. And so there was a purpose in that. But did God put that in the Bible and tell them? No, he told them to obey because that was best for him. And it was for his purpose to teach them to obey. And then later to realize there were so many rules they couldn't obey all of them. And they needed to save the Savior in Jesus Christ. So um, they do need to know the why. Um, the suitcase. If you ever want a plethora of information or ideas of how to teach your children or, like, visual pictures, read Corey Ten Boom's writings. She has a number of wonderful writings, and the suitcase came from that. And that one sticks at all ages. You know, it's basically there's, an, there's something that you're discussing, and it's more information than you're ready for them to have, whether it's sexual intimacy, whether it's just drugs, abortion, um, Anything, it can be anything. And the kids ask a question. We will go, we don't ignore it because they've asked a question and they do need an answer that you are willing to have them know at that time. But then sometimes it's just, you know what, that is too heavy for you to carry. And we went back to the suitcase from the very beginning. Daddy would never ask you to pick up his briefcase with the computer and all of his things in it. That is way too heavy for you to carry. It would hurt your back and he would be a bad daddy. If he asked his four-year-old to pick up that, um, 
And that's what Corey Timboom's father said. You know, just that's too much information. That's too heavy for you to handle. And um, it works. It works even, obviously, we don't use it with Caleb because Caleb needs to know. And Andrew needs to know more. But um, sometimes it will be that that case, suitcase is too heavy to carry right now. But I do want to talk to you about it. We have others in the car that it's way too heavy for. We'll discuss that later. And everybody in the car knows it's not an appropriate time. We're going to discuss that later. And you can see in the back seat, according to their age level, that mom's not going to talk to me about that because it's Andrew's job, and I don't need to know that yet. You know, so... um, but it just it, that helps them, and that helps you get out of a tight spot if you haven't thought about it, you haven't prayed about how you want to approach that with them. It can be simply as that, simple as that. I have not prayed about this. I'm not sure how I want to approach this. You know, but all they need to know is it's too heavy for right now, and I'll get back to you. But um, but try to answer them in a way that they feel like you've heard them and you want to know for the child that you want to know what they and that you will tell them what they can handle. Um. The why helps ownership later. I mentioned that. They, when they go off to college, they need to know why. You know, when we first started talking to Caleb, Caleb about not dating, um, I told him, Dad and I dated. We dated lots of people. But, and Dad wasn't on board with it when we first started talking about it, so it was <laughs> a dialogue between the three of us. But um, we talked to him about why we didn't think that was good for him. And um, I said, but I, I do want to talk to you about it. Let's read a couple of books together, and then we'll discuss it. And he came back to us and said, in fact, he, he convinced his dad, basically, after he and I discussed it. And he basically, he read the book. I hadn't read it yet. And he went to Eric and told him why. He said, stop pressuring me, because this is why. And, um, and then he started counseling some of his friends and then seeing the friend not choose to heed that counsel and then the heartache afterwards. And that doesn't mean it's his, this way that he has chosen and that we have chosen with him is right for everyone, but for our family it is, and we've been convicted by the Holy Spirit that this is what's right. And so for him to share that, that is okay. And, um, you know, his friends have come back to him like, man... That really hurt my heart. And you're right. I was really selfish. That was about me. What will make me feel better? But, you know, now we're to that stage of he's 18, getting ready to go to college, and he needs to know how that transitions between not ever going out with anyone from the opposite sex, you know, or um, and when it's okay. So it's just it's a dialogue that happens, but um, they need to take ownership so it's theirs and not mom and dad's. Same thing with your... Your relationship with Christ, it cannot be your relationship that saves them. It's got to be their heart with Christ. So um, choose your battles carefully. That goes along with the when you say no. Sometimes I will catch myself saying no to Luke, and I'm thinking, why in the world not? Because it's not convenient to me right now. And um, so, you know, but then I'm already got the n- <laughs> my mouth. Sometimes I say it, and I'll say, oh, wait, before he says anything, I try to catch him. Wait, mommy was wrong. Of course you can. I don't know why I was saying no. Because if he starts whining, then you've got another issue because that's a hard issue. He's rebelling against you. You cannot go back then. Even if it was a silly reason to say no, you've got to stick with your no. Um, but choose those battles very carefully. 
um, know your challenge, your kids' challenges, know where their hot spots are that you need to be dealing with them, and keep that. I like your running total in your mind because I've got that too. So that's good to know, and you should write them down too. Because <laughs> as you get older, you forget sometimes, but um, it's there. Practice. This is what I really wanted to talk about: practicing obedience at home. Um, this is going to be more with the younger ones, but set up situations, and you can role play. You can actually do it as if you were in the theater, or you can just, on the way to the restaurant, okay, we are going to the restaurant with Grandma and Grandpa, and you know how Grandma doesn't like you to climb in her lap? Well, let's talk about restaurant rules or restaurant manners. Don't name it rules all the time. Manners, because that's what it is. And discuss what that looks like, and then say, now, when we get to the restaurant, what are we going to do? And... Have them verbalize that back because that's part of the ownership. They start believing it. They start understanding it. Um, Then you've also set them up for this is proper behavior. These are manners. And if you fall short of that, then there's going to be a consequence or we're going to need to go in and take care of that. And um, it really made a difference with with all of our kids. But that little Andrew, who was kind of out of control, even when we're trying, he was held accountable. He knew exactly what was, and he would tell us back. Nope. And so we dealt with it right then. So that, but that sets them up more so that they will have success. You want to help them obey. So setting them up for success, role-playing with them. You can actually, even the role-play right away, mommy's going to go across the room, and I'm going to call you, and I want you to show me what right away means. Or I'm going to go into the other room, and I'm going to call you. You don't need to know why I'm calling you, but you need to come as soon as I say that. And then you can make it fun. You can make an activity. You know, okay, we're going to play with the blocks, and I'm going to tell you real quick what to do, and you do it. You can just have fun with it, too, but to train them for what is right away. And you can role play cheerfulness and non-cheerfulness, and they would love that because they can pretend to be unhappy. They can pretend to be mad, um, but then they need to pretend to be cheerful. To how to obey cheerfully. So that's that was a huge help in our family with everyone. So um, and to talk about it and to help them verbalize it. That's important. Again, and, and I I would say one thing about you know you know establishing these rules, setting everything up. You know what I'd said before is you know do it in community. I think a lot of times you know I, I look at Darcy you know diving in with two boys that are full throttle, passionate boys, and she's just like, what does a boy look like? Is this normal? My life is just spinning. And Darcy's in our community group, you know, and just and just being able to talk to her and process, is this normal? You know, what's normal? What's it look like? You know, is this good? Is this bad? And, and I think, you know, you know, Getting some accountability, getting some people. That's why I hear, you know, I, I, uh, Jonathan talked about some people from his small group was here. And I just thought that was great just because that's an opportunity for us to look at, hey, what is good? What's success? You know, and, and I think talking about those successes with friends and, you know, you know, dealing with that is a great thing. Eric mentioned go, Growing Kids God's Way a few minutes ago. And I just want to kind of light on that because I've already poor Andrew thrown him under the bus a lot today. But um, they were all sinners and they were all disobedient. His was just really easy to peg. Um, we went through Growing Kids God's Way. Bonnie was the baby. And we had heard all the jokes. You know, I thought we all were trying to grow kids God's Way. But we thought we've got to have some direction or some intention in this because it's just... We, we need direction. 
And so, and Growing Kids God's Way has great ideas and great points. We have good friends that are still actually leading classes in that. Um, but what I found as a mom with, with Eric, what we found is, you know, our kids, we were doing what we thought we were supposed to be doing. And our kids, especially one, wasn't responding the way they said he was supposed to be responding. And I'm thinking, we're doing it wrong, and people are looking at me. I had a very good friend with two sweet little girls, and she looked at me like I must be the worst mom in the world because my boys were acting like boys. Now I know. And we were still dealing with behavior, but so was she. Hers just wasn't as open and wild and noisy. And um, so then I had Bonnie. Bonnie was nothing like the boys. Bonnie was one of those, oh, we're, in this, we're in the car going down the road. Oh, Mommy, I was wrong when I didn't come to you right away before we left. I am so, so sorry, Mommy. I'm thinking, thank you, God. <laughs> but, you know, when people say, oh, Bonnie, you're doing such a good job with Bonnie. I'm saying, you know what? We're doing the same thing with Bonnie that we did with the boys. It's just they're different. They are totally different. And so there's got to be a point where you need to know as long as you are, I mean, you need to be in the word. You need to know the word so that you can teach your children the word. You need to be praying for redeeming that time and for direction. But they're not all the same. And so, you know, like I said, Bonnie looked perfect. We did the same thing with Andrew. Not so perfect. And so, but look at, Andrew, and you know, Andrew's just 15, so we know we've got a lot of... Oh, we ha- I talked to a friend yesterday. He wrote a book when his oldest was 12, and his wife said, don't publish that yet. They have 11. <laughs> and, and he said, I would have to publicly recant half the book. <laughs> so, you know, we know Andrew's not there yet. But just the difference between Andrew as a younger little one and Andrew now is amazing. And I know it's God redeeming his heart and changing his heart because um, he's a wonderful young man so far. But we know he'll find it. <laughs> well, hey, uh, looking at discipline, you know, how do you discipline? You know, you, you got time out. You got, you know, taking away privileges. There's a lot of thing. But spanking is always out there. And, uh, you know, it, 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 here's some verses, you know, that a lot, lot of them that we know. You know, he who spares the rod uh, hates his son, but he who loves him. You know, is careful to discipline him, you know, tramp the child the way they should go, and when he's old, do not turn from it. So there's some of these verses that talks about that, about the rod of correction. And uh, we, what we did is we got, I meant to bring it, it was stuck in the door in the bathroom. Well, I think before we go through that, you do need a plan. But anytime you discipline your child, whether it's spanking or anything else, um, Okay, if it's immediate danger, you don't have time for timeout. Okay, so take care of that. But um, send them to the room because mm-hmm. they need a cooling-off period in this time, and you need a cooling-off period because as, well, I know maybe I just have really bad anger issues, but I needed a moment to think, and sometimes I would call Eric. Okay, I'm thinking this is going to need, you know, Whatever, if it's going to need a spanking or if it's going to need timeout, I need to talk this through. I can't believe he just did this. You know what? Or if it's just to go into your room and pray for a minute, and then tell the child to wait for you and come back in, and then you need to talk about it with them. What happened? What just happened? And you need to get them to tell you what happened first, and see if they will if they will confess that because. 
that's what God wants us to do, right? Confess our sins. And so if they can identify it, because some of the younger ones won't and some of the older ones don't see it, um, then you talk about it. And then you talk about why it was wrong. And then you get them to say that back to you because they need to know and they need to know that they're responsible for that. And saying it helps them with that responsibility. Um, And then the correction needs to happen. And we'll talk more about that, whether it's a spanking or something else. Um, And then the child needs to ask for forgiveness. And in the early stages, you need to train them on how to ask for forgiveness, which is not just, I'm sorry, or I'm sorry for what I did, but I'm sorry for it was wrong because, will you please forgive me? And, um, And it's okay as a parent to say, I will forgive you. And sometimes you will say, I will forgive you. But it's not okay for you to ever do that again. Or, you know, or still know that you're going to give them grace and you're going to correct them again when it does, because when will. But, um, and sometimes when my child says, I'm sorry, I need to say, I'm sorry, it's not good enough. Let's talk about the forgiveness in this. You really hurt me. It's okay to have those dialogues, those mm-hmm. conversations. But back to spanking. No, it's the rod. Yeah, the rod. I mean, we use, I think we got it from Growing Kids God's Way from their website, but it's this little rod. It's basically this thin little vinyl thing that was about this long. No, it's about this long. Well, they had different sizes. It seems longer. about this size. Okay. About this size. And it was this little vinyl thing, and it was real floppy. And basically, you know, you know, we'd talk, you know, what she said before I'd ever spank is like, hey, you know, you know, beyond this is going to hurt me, hurt, hurt me more than hurt you. But, uh, but, but basically you say, do you realize why I'm doing this? You did this. You did this. Do you understand why? And get them to confess it, everything she said. And then basically it's just a you know, flip of the wrist. And, you know, in, in Caleb, it didn't really impact him very much. <laughs> and so sometimes you have to pull their pants down and, 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 and swat them on their underwear. You just give them a little pop. But it's basically just one of these. We've, I've, never had, I've never used a board on them. I had the board used on me in elementary school. Imagine that. Uh, I think the last time was in sixth grade just because I couldn't stop talking in a classroom one day. But, uh, but yeah, we never used a, a, you know, a board. I know some people that have. You know, you can you know, get one. If your kid is really defiant and they're not feeling it, I don't know if I would go that direction. I think the rod. And I I must say, I didn't trust myself just because, one, sometimes it was because I didn't want to hurt them. And sometimes it was like I'm still a little emotional about this. And I would smack my leg as hard as I thought I would be smacking theirs, sometimes harder, so that I knew I was going to be a little bit less. And... um, And all I wanted was a sting. I didn't want to inflict any mark. I just wanted a sting of correction so that they would remember it. And Eric's right. Caleb told me, that didn't hurt. Dad hurts a little bit more. And Caleb and I had a conversation once where he had been taken, honestly, I had taken videos, and we didn't watch many videos. I had taken outside time away. That was kind of crazy as a mom to take a outside time away from a boy. But I had taken away, like, all of the things that I knew were favorites. And he looked at me and he said, I guess those just aren't very important. Like, okay, so on my knees, God, please give me something that is important to him that will hurt, that will sting him somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. And um, he did when we learned that he was passionate about tennis. 
You could take the racket away or you could take tennis time away. And man, he got, he, you had his attention. <laughs> and, um, and that started, that was at an early age. So we knew his bent and, and the tennis arena. And he, that was the thing. We wanted the heart. Well, you get the heart when you have their attention and they're looking at you. And, um, that got his attention. Andrew was kind of similar in the spanking area, except I don't think he was brave enough to tell me that didn't hurt. But, um, which is kind of amazing, but time and time out didn't work with either one of them either. It's just a time out. But when Andrew was isolated, which was different from a time out for him, but he was isolated from the rest of the family. So the rest of the family is doing something or having fun. And we didn't make that up like, oh, now we're going to go swimming because you're in. You know, we didn't do that. <laughs> but um, but we made it painful in that because he, he's not a touchy-feely person, but he loves to be with you. And so um, that was his. Mm-hmm. And Bonnie's was, I told you Bonnie was like nothing else we'd ever had. But she eventually did need a spanking. And um, because up to that point, correction and, oh, Mommy, I'm so sorry. Or a little bit of time out just to realign herself and get back. And um, But she did eventually need a rod. But it was not very often. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I I don't think I can go beyond one hand on the number of times I spanked. But a child. sometimes you, know, you just, just need to be need to be creative. I mean, like the, the threat that it'll happen really is enough. You know, and just but 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 I don't mean that bad. You know what I'm saying? But you know, just like this is what we're going to do. But taking things you, away and you have to follow through. Yeah. If they don't know that you'll follow through with something like Andrew, he knows I'm going to leave a cart full of groceries at the grocery store when the family's hungry at home. And so he knew that I meant business with what I was going to do or say. And, um, and we did take tennis away from Caleb once or twice, and that was very painful. And so that was important enough for him to pay attention and to really think about his actions. Um, and we talk with them. We will, as older kids, you know, I really think you're spending too much time. So we're going to take that away for a while, or I don't want you to do that for the next week because you really need to deal with your schoolwork or um, spend more time in the Word or family time. We like your face time here.